0: 6 of Hatrack Heroes. Today we are continuing our chat with Mark from Impoverished Children, a humanitarian organisation being run down in Kibera, Islam of Kenya. Following on from last week, we asked Mark in particular about the schooling of the children, specifically the curriculum and how the school is run, and the aim for these children in the future. You will also learn about how we as the general public can help and get involved. We hope you enjoy what you hear and can get some kind of insight into what this remarkable specifically, where are they from? Are they specifically chosen? uh, Mm. Or is there some kind of criteria
1: that they have to meet before they're accepted into the school? Or or what's the story there? On behalf of Catherine, I'm not really sure if she follows my system, but what we did in Choice to Change, which I I know Catherine does as well, actually, to a a great degree. I just don't know if it's fully. So when we look at what kids we're going to take, the most important part is not the child, it's the parent. Because we need to make sure the parent's on board. The parent has to be on board to not use or abuse the school because they, they can bring their drama and their issues and all that to the school, which yeah. we don't have space for because the teachers are so overwhelmed with taking care of the kids. We can't have parents with a lot of issues and problems bring us their problems as well because yeah, okay. they, they will look at the school as a place of salvation. They will not look at it as a place of education for their child, which is what it's oh, supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first thing. So we look at the parents, their particular circumstance. Obviously, we try to go for the poorest of the poor. There yeah. are schools in Kibera, by the way, which uh, some are government-run, some are not. Again, they're on the outskirts, not so deep in. And they're not very good schools, obviously. Some no, are private, okay. some are public. Right. But uh, So if any parents have any of their kids in those types of schools, we tend to stay away from them. Okay. It's the parents that could not access because even, like I said, in the slum areas, they are, there's a hierarchy of, or a socioeconomic status of people. Yep. Schools will reject people that are very, very poor. Because they have a particular smell and a look, they will not have them. Oh, okay. And they will not want to have their kids. Those are the kinds of families we target in these types of yeah, grassroots okay. organizations. Yep, yep. So we target those types of families. Plus, parents understanding the situation and what we're going to do with the child. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of parents in the beginning, this happened a lot in modern Bangladesh, yeah. are very weary of us and then they get very concerned that we're taking their kids to build them up and then take them away eventually and then make them work in another country. That's also a concept which a lot of people, it takes. it takes wow. years to break down. And those it takes families years don't to build that trust. They specifically No, no they, they don't, don't do because a, in a way a bit of a colonialistic type of situation. So, we come in as outside people, yeah. we build up their people for whatever whatever we need them to do later which is a whole big secret and then we take them away when they're old enough or we convince oh, wow. their kids that you need to leave this country and go somewhere else yeah, yeah so in a way we're building manpower and how do we do that we need to get them to learn our languages we need to get them to learn mathematics and all the basic stuff it's a notion which people have because yeah. of well I mean if you look at the history of where they came from and what's happened to their nations be Bangladesh be India be anywhere like that and they don't really have the understanding that we do of course with our education and our general knowledge of the world mm-hmm. You cannot fault them for thinking this way. Yeah, okay. this is the history of their nation. Yeah, what yeah. happened in Africa? What happened in Bangladesh? What happened in India? And the reason why these circumstances now exist and all this actually happens is is as it is today is because of these colonial tendencies. These like are the that. things really... that you learn when you go there, when you interact with people, and understand how the world works and why it works the way it does and why it is the way it is today. It's really, really interesting, isn't it? And this is what I want all the crew to be able to see and understand themselves. Yeah, this is why I do this. On that topic with parents, um, a lot of the children, I believe,
0: are orphans as
1: well, so without a parental. Mm. So, um, a lot of times there's a misconception that a lot of people think that the kids are orphans. We do have some that are. Uh, Catherine has built a safe house for them. Right. We tend to have a lot of children that are single parent. Usually oh, the mother okay. is around because the father yeah, has okay. left or the father yep. has died. That's, that tends to be the case mostly. It's rare that you'll have a father without a mom, usually yeah. he'll, he'll remarry but the moms, a lot of them tend to end up having a kid and not remarrying or having a violent relationship and then the father being leaving or whatever the case is. Yeah. So you have that option, then you have the two, obviously parents or a lot of times, yes, there are orphans, parents do die, but then the grandparents take over or a sister or brother of a mother or father will take over as well, well so they'll integrate the child into the family. family kind of, yeah. It's quite rare to find them completely without any family or uh, kind of, you know, uh, another family member to take over. Yeah. They do exist, they're very, very rare. I only know of one in Katherine's school. I'm very right. close to she's a girl I'm very close to there she's my, like my little daughter in a way or she's yeah. someone I'm very very close to and I always see there she's the only particular circumstance there and I believe in Bangladesh we had one circumstance like that it is quite rare kids yeah. are taken care of but it does not does not mean to say that there are no orphans yeah it's just that generally true. we don't tend to find the orphans because they will be taken into an orphanage or usually under a church or oh, under oh, a mosque okay. or gotcha. something like that so they yeah, tend yeah. to be hard to get a yeah. hold of and they'll be trained in you know into that or educated into that system. Yeah. they don't tend to just be walking around.
0: With these children, okay, so they come into the school, they've come from starvation, malnutrition, illnesses. Mm -hmm. For Catherine, does she find it very difficult at the very beginning when the children come in, or it's just a steady process? Is it just a big wham type of event?
1: I think the the, the difficult part is, in a way, just to know how to teach them how to just eat in a specific clean way, let's just say. So either with the hands or with, and if that's the case, that's fine. But then you have to wash your hands after also how to, to defecate or urinate. Also, they will just go on the floor right away next to you. Like it's fine. So you need to train. Yeah, this, these are the things that you. Wow. I'm, by the way, people, his face. Yeah, you should see his face right now. <laughs> I'm so shocked. Th- these are the people that, yeah, I mean, Catherine has had a conversation with a mother who mm. will just, as she's talking to her, squat right there, move her skirt and start, you know, defecating in front of Catherine that, 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 or peeing. That can happen. Because for them, these notions don't necessarily... This privacy doesn't exist. So again, it's a, depending on the socioeconomic status of the person. Yeah. Obviously, those who are more affluent in those areas will not do that. But mm. some are don't have that understanding Stamps. for them. It's very nature-human-oriented. Like, it's very yeah. back to humanity's nature in itself. You know what I mean? So kids that have picked up these types of things from the parents... Are what we have to train. We have a, a potty area, we have a, you know, like a, a bathroom area in the yeah, school, yeah, you okay. have to learn how to use a toilet. Yeah, and yeah. that has to be trained. So these are the basic things you never think about.
0: And I guess from here
1: the, the child is then going home and teaching the family or Well we we hope so, but then also, again at home they don't have the toilet. So how can we teach the family? Right. Ah, so this okay. is we go back to that particular circumstance. Again yeah, but yeah. at least in the school when they're there, they're they're functioning in that way. Also how to eat, how to clean yourself after eating, how to wash before eating. These are all the things that are done yeah, okay. at Catherine's school, which again, yeah. at home they would not be done. You want to mm-hmm. make sure there's no bacteria on the hands when you eat, especially if you're eating with your hands. So yeah. these are the kinds of things, or these are the kinds of challenges that these types of schools go into, or these grassroots organizations go into. And of course the health challenges there, as you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, malnutrition, of course, too. Malnutrition is taken care of at least one good meal a day is provided by the school, where you're trying to balance the vegetables and the carbs and the protein, which is rarer, but we get usually... We, I think we can afford protein once or twice a week and not more, which and would this, usually be fish or something along those lines. Okay, and yeah. this food is, is, is brought in by specific staff? Yeah. so every morning, or so depending, for the vegetables, every morning the cook will go in the morning to the marketplace in Kibera, okay. which also exists, of course. Yes. And uh, she or he, usually it's a she, will spend money on the food and bring it in. Yeah. Uh, we have a big stock of beans, normally any anything that's not too easily perishable, so beans, rice, porridge. Yeah, okay. This all comes like, uh, it's made from yams, so all this comes already kind of, not really preserved, they come in big sacks, yeah, and okay. those are already there, but they go get the fresh vegetables and the fresh meat on the day, yeah, of, or that. the fresh yeah, protein, yeah. whatever it may be, yeah, on yeah. the day of. Okay. And then the cooking goes on, and usually around 12 o'clock or 11.30 they start to eat. Okay. So that's all done by one person. Yeah, they, they, okay. they purchase this stuff, bring it back in. Uh, sometimes two will go, and it's too much to carry, because there's 100 plus kids, obviously. Yeah. That's a lot of stuff.
0: Now I asked this question to Ever as well from Church to Change. The day in the life of the child, when on a school day,
1: How does it work for them they wake up and then from there they wake up they open their eyes (laughs) they see the beautiful world around them (laughs) yeah they get up. beautiful inverted of commas i guess exactly yeah so yeah they end up they end up waking up the parents help them get ready usually a lot of times depending if the parents have work or not if it's two parents or not as well so if, they're, if, they ha- if they are free, they'll bring them to school themselves. Otherwise, usually the bigger sister or brother will bring them to school okay. if they're very, very young. And that's just a walk. Yeah, they usually they walk over. It's, I think the maximum would be about 20 minutes away. Usually okay, we tend to, to stay in that circle Yeah. to make sure that the kids have access easily. Yeah. Again, the rainy days and all that, not very nice. Slippery, dangerous, especially in Kiberi. And then they come in, uh, they take attendance, of course. Uh, they get dressed in the school uniform beforehand. Yeah. Uh, that's very important that the kids are clean and they will get rejected if they're not clean or they'll get warned if they're not clean and then that will go oh, to the parents. But so getting they, clean, how, how are they getting themselves clean? Uh, so they just are basically clean. They're not, uh, so like there's no snots all over the nose when they come in. All oh, just basic stuff. Yeah, then. like basic okay. stuff, they're not smelling not a bad, they're not kind of smelling. Of I mean, they, they do, there there are places, so I mean it's not the cleanest shower in the world, but there are places they can shower, but they right, have I to see. be just generally, the skin has okay, to be clean. general hygiene. They have to not, yeah, not to be smelling. That's another thing that they struggle with, going back to your previous question, is the hygiene. That's all also has to be taught. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. So, of course, there is a basic form of hygiene to every human being, but sometimes it, it has to be a bit more elevated than what, yeah, they, okay. what they provide. Okay, so that's the um, criteria in the yeah, morning? Yeah, that's the criteria in the morning that they have to do, and a lot of kids do it well with the parents as they learn, and some of them don't. And actually, this, this kind of stuff leads on to the parent too, because they teach how to wash the kid properly, the parent yeah, starts yeah. doing the same thing. Oh, okay. So, there you go. Yeah, gotcha. The whole family will change into that, yeah. which, is, which is the point and the purpose of this. And then after that, they will, of course, have their backpack, they come in with all their supplies and products. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, I, I believe a lot of things are left at the school because they can be lost or taken by other kids, which are not from the school, okay. so we tend to leave everything in the school for safety, yeah. so they don't carry too much with them when they come, okay. and then after that the school will, uh, will start, they'll have their two or three lessons, and then after that they'll have lunch, have, tour, uh, have nap time for the younger kids, the older kids don't have nap time, then they continue uh, on with the day until about three, and then they go back home. What we try to do is we try to do artworks and stuff as well, yeah. so we don't have enough for all the kids, but we do different classes on different days where after school they can do art projects and things like that just to keep them a little bit busy. Okay. A lot of kids also have parents that work till about 5 or 6, right. so they work outside of Kibera when they work and they come back to Kibera, yeah, okay. and then uh, with obviously very low salaries unfortunately, and then that's when the kid can be taken care of. Yeah, okay. And they're going home, they're just going to be staying at home, while they're playing yeah. on the yeah. so Catherine and the teachers are not necessarily very keen with uh, homework because they don't really have the time or dedication to do it. So what we tend to do is we tend to focus a lot more on teaching in class and then when they go home uh, at the end of the day, they will either just play around, release their energy, whatever the case be with their families, yep. uh, that kind of stuff. too. Uh, homework for the older kids is provided, right. uh, and it's kind of hard to monitor to make sure they do it, though, yeah, okay. because again, it's not—you don't have the desk, you don't have the right setup for it.
0: Nah. No, so we tend to
1: keep them after school if we can a little bit, where they can do art projects or like uh, if there's any questions they want to ask the teacher, yeah, okay. they want to delve into a little yeah. bit more. Like any sporting things at all? Like they do that for football? Own. Yeah. Oh, there, okay. there is like a lot of football and you know things like that. Of course, yeah, they sure, just run around, sure. they play tag. That's just normal oh, stuff okay. that kids all, all around the world. Yeah. yeah okay. On a curriculum level again,
0: is not So she come from an Australian curriculum. So that doesn't mean yeah. including like maths
1: and English, yeah. uh, grammar, uh, so that kind of thing. Yeah. So the curriculum. So Kenya itself has five exams, which are given at grade eight or uh, or class eight. Yeah. Uh, eight years later, after the child starts, um, which is mathematics, English literature, Swahili, the local language. Society studies, I think we call it, and science. Okay, uh, those are the five general topics that we also teach in the, the kids. And normally, whenever you build these kinds of grassroots organizations, you should associate yourself to the government and what they're, what the kids are going to eventually go through yeah. to hopefully make it to high school. So basically, the point of these classes is that we want to get these kids to high school at a strong level so they can make it to a high school better than that would have, what they would have done on their own if yeah. they were on their own or not made it at all because they never had the idea of schooling to begin with. Yeah. A lot of these organizations don't necessarily go into the high school part because it's too complicated and it's too big and it's too expensive. We can't really afford it unless the charity is done so well that it actually has so much backup they can actually build the high school off its original kids that it took in eight years ago. Right. That okay. does not normally happen. So yeah, Choice okay. to Change and right. Poverished Children uh, will not be doing that. Right, For, now. See, see. For now. Yeah. So that's what we build the topics on. But what Catherine has done is she's taken an Australian curriculum to a degree with the English language yeah. and how to train it and teach it. But also she's taken a, a thing called Genki, which is teaching kids. Uh, yeah, this. It's really, really good. Uh, basically, you teach kids through vocal uh, sounds, through uh, song and dance. Okay. So they sing, they dance, and they learn words through that. Oh. So like sleeping with me with the positioning of sleeping and then sun rising and... And that yeah, actually makes them remember things much more easy than sitting there with paper and pencil and you know, yeah, okay. learning off of a blackboard. Yeah, Catherine yeah. does that, of course, for the spelling part, but not for the language, the language education part. So that's, that's one true. thing she's transformed English fully, unlike what, anything that see. you've seen in, in uh, Kenya. And that is the strongest thing that they actually do, is the English language. Swahili, okay. obviously, the teachers teach. Yeah. And then they learn it from home. They start yeah. that a little bit later on. Uh, mathematics starts from a very basic uh, mm-hmm. the course, uh, as does spelling and, and learning the letters. Okay. Sciences and social sciences started around, I think, class two, where they can start to comprehend a little bit more oh, on a higher yeah. level. Yeah, okay. So those are the main five topics that we do. Then we do arts on the side. So arts is more for creative thinking. Yeah. Uh, maybe even a bit of drama is there, too. Yeah. So that's all, again, from the Australian side, which not necessarily things in places in Kenya do very much. Yeah. Okay. They're a lot more focused on direct teaching. Yeah. Direct teaching is not the best for kids of that particular situation because they don't go back home to parents that are going to be helping them to learn no, okay. through what direct teaching yeah. does at the school. Because right. they have that, direct teaching needs homework. Yeah, Where if you don't have that particular circumstance, you need to go with different methods of teaching in the class. Uh, quick question. you say saying the aim is to get them
0: to a high school level. Yeah, Would they be going to a high school that's inside Kibera still or would they have to travel
1: outside? So, the high schools, there are high schools around Kibera that exist, they're not strong. No, we okay. prefer that they go into the city itself if they can, yeah, okay, because by then sure. they're old enough to, to take transport, and then they they will yeah, have okay. the. We hope when they take exams to go into these high schools when they do the class eight exam, the government exam, and their marks are high enough, they can actually access the the better schools. Yeah. Okay. That is the hope. Not every kid can, yeah. but at least most kids will go yeah, to high school. Yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah, which is better than to aim for at least Exactly. One. Now, teachers, people working there. Yeah. Where do they come from? Yeah. Uh, how many do you have? What's the story? Very good question. So, teachers, we tend to have them from Kibera, or the outskirts right outside, uh, and they will be qualified. Catherine does not take anyone that is not qualified, so they need to have some kind of a teaching degree. Primary or high school or both, whatever they And that would have been gained from inside Kenya? Uh, Yeah, that would be... so, So, again, Kibera does have the more affluent class. These teachers would come from there. Uh, so see, they'd be more on the periphery of Kibera. So the deeper yeah. in the middle you go, the more poor it gets. The more yeah. on the periphery you stay, the, the better it is. And yeah. this is and these people would be living around there. So they would be living in structures that are not mud huts, they'd be living in basic housing. It's yeah. not anything that, that the main city people would be living in, yeah. but it's oh. still something uh, you know of, of, of okay. good quality yeah. to a degree there. And they would be people that have been educated and not necessarily have the means to live in the city. So mm. they'd be living on the periphery of Kibera. Right. A lot of people that actually work in Kibera, including the parents of the kids, will be like housemates. Right. They'll work as the cleaning staff in hotels. They'll okay. be doing all kinds of stuff that is kind of the menial tasks, if you wish, of society. Yeah. And then they go back home to Kibera every single day. Right. These teachers will be from that kind of qualification, but right. they'd be more yeah. educated. Catherine's okay. very, very keen on qualified teachers. She will never take a teacher yeah. which is just good at okay. teaching. If she doesn't have a qualification, right. some uh, grassroots organizations do. If the teacher wow. is just very good at teaching and they can teach it, yeah. they can. But she is against yeah. that. She's What's never the, ever had that. That's one of her requirements. Can you
0: give us a rundown of what, how many you have? children. Is uh, right that? now, there's about 100.
1: We've lost some recently due to this thing that happened. Oh, a lot okay. of people have left Kibera. Actually, we lost a few families. And there's been some other issues as well where we've lost some kids. But yeah, we have about 100 now. The, the, at the height of the school, it was 120 or 130. Right. Choice of change was 150. And uh, yeah, so the maximum amount of kids we'll have in a class is about 18 to 20. So that's about 10 yeah. teachers then? Approximately, yeah, 10, 10 to 12, 10. yes. Okay. Uh, so this is usually what we do. Uh, we don't have classes more than 20 to 22 at the most, because then the attention for each student is lessened. Yeah. A lot of government schools in Kibera easily have 60 to 70 to 100 kids in class in grade it's 3, crazy. grade 4, grade 5. You yeah, see yeah. it even, all the time. I've seen it before. They'll yeah, have four yeah. on one table, like a long table, four, oh, four, oh, four, okay. and it just keeps going, which is, really which is insane. Yeah. I mean, even for me growing up it was 30. They yeah. say that's a lot. Yeah. So 18 square, that's great. Uh, it's yeah. just because... These kids are not the typical kids that you work with. They need more attention. They yeah. need more focus from the teacher on them, and they have to also focus on the teacher more easily. So when you have too many of them, you, the teachers cannot, you know, see who needs more attention. They, they can't Actually, you know, yeah, yeah. feel it better. And if you have so more children as
0: well, you start to be, misbehave. So exactly. To exactly. So okay. it, it is a different circumstance. You have
1: to treat it differently. You yeah. can't just have a typical like class yeah. that you have, like you know, back home for me in Canada no. or for yourself in Australia. Let's say of yeah. thirty kids, it would be ideal. We can get more kids that way. But the reason why we don't do that is because of this. Yeah. Okay. And other staff, so you have the, the teachers. Yeah, so you always cook? have the teachers on the main. Then you always have a, a head teacher or a principal, if you wish. Yeah, so that would be so in Catherine's case or in Poverty um, Children's case, it would be her first teacher, yeah. uh, who, whose name was Winnie. And she's an amazing lady, and she's the one that was her first teacher, and now she heads the whole entire uh, school. Yeah. Then so you have that one person who can also teach. Then you have a bunch of teachers, usually eight to ten. Then you have a cook. Then you have mm-hmm. a cleaning staff, which helps the okay. cook whenever they're not cleaning. After the food is done, they'll be cleaning. Okay. So those are all full-time roles. So you have right. about 13 to 14 people full-time in this school.
0: Yeah, and so Catherine's paying on part of the
1: money Yeah, all the... 14 get their salaries every month. Yeah. This uh, organization is about 10 years old now. Okay. Obviously it started with one person only at the time winning, and then it's grown until about 12 people. Would you say some of these teachers have also like a social worker kind of... Yes.
0: Uh, thing as well. They can't like have that kind of background. Talk to yep. children about so Winnie takes care
1: on. Yeah, so Winnie besides running the school. So when the school's running every day, she's not in the school. It's not necessary for her to be there because the teachers are taking care of the kids. Yeah. That's when Winnie does her rounds so she I goes around that. to parents if there's any problems with kids who bring up the problems oh, okay, then because of okay. course again That's at night nice. yeah at night it's not safe there's not there's no light you can't walk around so it has yeah. to be done in the daytime okay so if the parents are at work she'll try to see whenever they're not or whenever they're available or she'll ask them to come to the school to her office and then she'll discuss yeah. whatever issues are if this child is very rowdy they're not mm. listening properly to the teachers they can be sent home if it's constantly happening mm. as a suspension And then we need to make sure the parent cares enough to discipline their child properly and scare them enough that when they come back to school, they'll listen to the teacher. Because it's not our place to... Unfortunately, some uh, schools will will cane a child. That happens a lot in Kenya. They hit them with rulers. These types of things are not of course, uh, acceptable in, uh, in public children. So this is where uh, it's, it's quite difficult to get the parents on board, but mm. yeah, that's what Winnie would do. She'd go around doing the rounds if there's any other issues. We tend to look at the shacks and the huts. Mm. How's the circumstance in there? How clean is it? Okay. Are there any issues happening? Is there any, is there any violence? So Winnie will also speak to the mothers generally. Is the father sexually abusing the mom? Is there any possible sexual abuse to the child? Yeah. All okay. this has happened. Whilst Many of our children have been sexually involved, abused. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Right. We, we have to be. Yeah. There's course. no choice. Yeah. That's why you're a grassroots organization. You're in the grassroots. Yeah, you're not that's... sitting there from an office in Geneva, wherever you are, yeah, yeah. helping and directing. not getting... that I'm saying anything wrong with those people no, but no, or those organizations, but yeah, it's yeah. different where you're on the ground. I've seen both and it's very different. So in
0: regards to children, you said you getting to get into high school. Is that where the goal for these children ends in Catherine's eyes or in your eyes? Or do you want to see anything more after
1: that point? We want to see growth. We want to see their lives change. That's yeah. the whole point. We want to see them elevate themselves, empower themselves, and be proud of where they came from Mm. and what they've accomplished in life and where they're going next. We want to see them take their brothers and sisters out if they can, Mm. using their newfound power, their newfound knowledge and their newfound ability in normal society, outside of their society, they can hopefully elevate the rest of the family. They'll get more income, therefore the whole family will elevate economically and then they can start moving out from the deep slum into the periphery of the slum. And then over time, hopefully move into the city. And slowly, as I know it's just one by one, there's not many out of the millions, but as you do this with more and more people, one person will affect 10, will affect 15 as more kids are born, etc. And then the chain reaction happens. So the whole point of these types of schools, wherever they may exist, is that you want to have these chain reactions happen as many many times as possible and as much as possible. Yeah, and that's okay. what we hope for. Yes, yeah, We hope for okay. high school success, we hope for a continuous into college, we hope for a proper job in the future, proper money and not begging on the streets. And in regards to those goals, do the children have their own specific goals? Are they yes, in line
0: yeah. with the, what you guys want? Yeah. To we always we ask the kids what do
1: you want to be when you're getting older, like you would do for, with any kid around the world. They always have a nice answer with a big smile on their face for that. Yeah. Be it being a doctor, being a pilot, being cabin crew. A lot of them want to be cabin crew because they've seen so many yeah, uh, they want to travel the world, um, yeah. they, a lot of them want to be uh, teachers, actually. A lot of teachers inspire ah, okay. kids, which yeah, I yeah, find is course. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I always love to see that. Uh, and some people want to be lawyers, to fight for the amazing. rights. And when they get older, they understand what's happening in their society and around the world. They want yeah. to fight for the rights of their people, which is really exciting. Yeah, okay. You see that's those cool. kids do that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's all empowering the mind, and it's yeah. beautiful to see. So, yes, of course, they all have goals, and we try to make them reach those goals. Do you have any,
0: um, I know they are obviously seeing the immediate people, like the teachers, and seeing yourself in the cabin crew, but do you ever get any kind of, I don't know, famous person or someone of uh, stature that comes in at all and they Um, admire them, like a footballer or something like that?
1: I don't know much from the part of my father's children. I think that Catherine has invited some people in. So we have people from embassies come. Mm. We've had uh, people from the Swiss embassy, Swedish embassy. There are some embassies because Catherine is quite active herself. She knows people. Yeah. Uh, Australian embassy, of course. Yeah. They come and they see what she does. So we have more okay. diplomats, if you wish. As uh, stars, I think there's been once or twice where people have come which are famous singers or they're known to the, re- in the region. Oh, there. I, see. I know Twice the Changes has had very famous Bangladeshi singers come. And they come and they take a bunch of pictures and selfies and yeah, whatever yeah. And they put sure. on their, their social media, which yeah. helps raise awareness. Yeah. Uh, that has happened before, but not. Yeah. Of such a caliber, no. Wow. It'd be very nice to have. I yeah, guess. yeah, of course. The yeah, yeah. thing is, you have to get them to these places first, and they have to be visiting these countries as well, which is not always the case.
0: On a deeper level, can these children be sponsored or fostered?
1: Or, mm. I guess foster is not really the right choice. Yeah, sponsored would be the right word for that. Yeah, sponsorship is something that we try to tackle with the twisted Chain. It's not been done in poverty children. It is complicated. So generally, sponsorship, what we try to do with that is we want uh, a person to associate to a child. So they're going to follow their backstory and they're going to follow what the child is doing, get updated pictures on them, etc. Yeah. As you've seen a lot of these yeah, kind yeah, of, of big groups do. They do yeah. The problem with this is it's expensive. To sponsor a child you need staff. You need a lot of staff uh, to make sure that, all the, that it's resolution. all run properly. Yeah, Logistically it's complicated. Yeah. And then we end up starting out to spend more money on staff instead of spending more money on the kids. Yeah. So this is where we, we're not very keen on sponsorship. balance, balance I guess. Exactly. And yeah. we're very grassroots like this. We go back to that 85 to 15 percentage ratio that we want. Yeah. We cannot afford to do that because that the teachers don't have time to do it. You're going to have to get staff dedicated to it. For 120 kids, you can only imagine how much dedication that is to get pictures every single month, giving yeah. newsletters out to whoever's sponsoring and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now we end up spending money that is very valuable to us on a sponsorship scheme instead mm. of it being spent directly on the kid for food, okay. clothing, whatever else that we need to do. Right. So, it's, a, it's it's great if it can be done voluntarily, absolutely great, and that would be something that would be perfect in yeah. an ideal situation, yeah. and then you can also have a parent dedicated to a child, and then you also have this idea where the, a lot of the times the parents want to come and see, the, the sponsor parents want to come and see the child, mm. and that can become quite complicated that's as well, and you have yeah. to organize all that, yeah. because yeah. They, they get attachment, obviously it's normal, it's human, yeah. over time they'll get attachment and they all want to come and see it, and you have 120 kids, it's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, so course. there's that element as well that you have to consider.
0: And is it safe for people to yeah. to go in there? Like, I don't it is.
1: It's better to not be alone. Obviously, you yeah. will not go there alone. You are very different if you don't come from that background of that that country. You look, you will stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. will be looking at you. That's very normal. You have to be. honest. Yeah, you have to not be. You know, uh, worried about that. You have to not be self conscious with that. But uh, yeah, it's always better to go with people from the school. Uh, it also depends on the timing, like things then when they, when Kibera was being destroyed and then the government was coming in and doing all that they were doing, that time for Kibera was very dangerous, you would not go in that time obviously. Right, so absolutely. these types of places can be quite erratic politically okay. and, and sociologically, so you have to be always aware of what's happening, you can't just walk in any time. Okay. So it's always good to ask around before, plan your trip before, and then the day of or the day before, make sure everything is, is fine and safe yeah, and good okay. to go. And you have to also be dressed in the right way. It's always good to dress in long sleeve. You don't want mosquitoes to be on you in those areas. You don't want to have any kind of insects biting you or whatever. You also yep. want to cover your feet. It's better not to have your toes and your nails um, or if open. because oh, really? you can go into dung, you can go into all kinds of things. It may happen as you're walking, you don't know. See, wow. So you're better off to always be as covered as you can, yeah. body-wise, even if it's hot. It's just safe for your skin to not be in contact with anything yeah, as yeah. much as you can, except for your hands, which you're going to clean it So it's probably more dangerous in a uh, yeah. physiological way. Yeah. way rather than some that. of us have been sick before. We've had viruses yeah. or bacteria enter our bodies when we do this too much. Yeah, there is okay. that risk usually in the schools it's safe because they're well kept but it's on the way to the school and out we don't tend to always be able to access the schools with with taxis and stuff they tend to be in very isolated locations so we have to walk for a good five to ten minutes through the slum, and that's the time when you can be you can be succumbed to something
0: what what other ways can people
1: become involved is it
0: food or
1: yeah so for me i always say the best way to be involved is to go I, I love to see people go, have the experience, because the children also see, feed off your energy as well. And yeah, then they course. see that someone actually cares about us, someone actually comes to visit us, especially when you're crew, you come from faraway countries, they have so many questions for you and what you do, and where you come from and all yeah, this. Yeah. You actually teach them. So you educate yeah. them, which is what mm. we're here to do. Mm. They see you, uh, they have a really good time with you. They, see, they, they feel that they're important, that you have come to visit them. Yeah. You bring them whatever you want to bring them. I always am very pro-stationary, always, much okay. more so than yeah, than, okay. than food. I prefer to get food locally if we can because we also help the local economy by getting food from there. I'm not very keen on sweets and chocolates, which is what a lot of people bring. I get if you want to bring a little bit, that's fine. But again, don't forget that they don't have the best dental hygiene. We don't have the right way of making sure that their teeth are safe. Ah, So you don't want to be bringing a lot of that stuff in. We prefer to give them fruits and vegetables, which we will buy locally. It just makes more sense to do so. So if you want to bring stuff, it's always clothing is the best, uh, and stationery is the best. Mm -hmm. A lot of art stuff too. Art stuff in Kenya is expensive, and there's not a big variety either. Like uh, if you want to get glitters and uh, and different kinds of glue oh, and different okay. kinds of sticks yeah, cool. and arts and crafts type of things yeah. pencils crayons coloring books all these types yeah, of things are great you know. but if, if you're sitting listening to this podcast and you're in say you're in canada or uk or whatever how can they that, someone like that help is yeah. there a way like so there is you can always discuss with the charity whichever one you're interested in it doesn't have to be the ones that we're discussing you can always contact them directly usually facebook or instagram will have that in yeah the, okay. case, in the in the case of impoverished yeah. children it is facebook You'll contact them, Catherine always answers in 24 hours. You can plan a week uh, where you can uh, volunteer. Yeah. I've done that myself. I don't always just go as crew. I ask you to take yeah, my to leave and I go uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I did like a, a astronomy week. I love astronomy. It's one of my favorite subjects. Ah, so I did okay. a whole astronomy week all the way from the kids teaching them lullabies of astronomy, which I created, all yeah, the way up oh. to the older kids where I brought books and I explained and I we did a lot of, uh, like Genki, but you know, one-on-one direct uh, teaching yeah, yeah, okay. uh, with the kids, and then basically uh, you can do that. So you can have a topic mm-hmm. of teaching, or if you don't oh, want to go okay. into that kind of level because it's too much for you, I've, yeah. I've done this a few times. I'm experienced with it. But if you're not comfortable to do that, it's a lot of time from your time to set up. Mm-hmm. You can just go and volunteer okay. by just doing story time with the kids yeah. by li- learning, uh, helping them how to you know spell, how to do ma- basic maths, any, anything that you know yeah, already yeah, about probably. yourself, or any topic you're interested in bringing. Yeah, okay. And then with you, you can bring along all the kind of supplies that that you can bring yeah, as yeah. a gift, as a, you know. Yeah. And then. Mm-hmm. Over there, you can always rent a hotel not too far away from uh, Kibera easily, but the, the slum is too difficult yeah, to cool. house in. So you'll have to be housed outside. But there, yeah. again, there are uh, hotels that we work with there, yeah. and then we can organize that for you as well. You can spend okay. the weekend. It's absolutely great. You can do six to seven hours a day, and then go back home, relax, take a shower, and then you know reflect on all that you've seen and all you've yeah, learned. because you're going to learn a lot of as well from yeah, that not of just them learning from yeah,
0: you yeah for sure Yeah. just to finish where can people go specifically to find out more is there their Facebook page websites
1: yeah so for impoverished children just type in impoverished children in, in mm-hmm. Facebook and you'll find it right away oh, okay, uh, yeah. there is a website as well which is impoverishedchildren.org yeah. and just contact through those directly if you need to and then Catherine is extremely friendly or when one of them will answer you back Yeah, yeah cool. they're both very very friendly and they honestly will take anybody on. Of course, you also want to consider the seasons. It can mm. get very hot in specific seasons and very yep. uh, cooler in other seasons, depending on yep. what you're into. So you can also adapt yourself to that, too, because yeah. in those places, it can get very difficult or very hot or very cold, depending on the season you're in. Well, I, I, we've covered a lot, probably a lot more we can talk about. I'm sure you time, go <laughs> Yeah, back. let's see we can go, do a, We're happy to come back go ahead
0: down there as well and check out myself. Thanks, Mark, for, for coming along and, and chatting about and us and sharing this great. information. I'm sure everyone's going to get a lot of insight into what happens down there, so... Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you very Thank much. You. Pleasure to Thank meet you. You, right. you Thank too.
1: Thank you very much for having me again. You're
0: very welcome.